5: Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday being home with Hunker. Happy birthday to you. Today, we're celebrating the fact that this podcast, Being Home with Hunker, is officially one-year-old. We launched at the end of September 2021, and it's been a complete joy of mine to be in conversation with interior designers, artists, authors, feng shui experts, spiritual teachers, plant experts, founders, and CEOs of lifestyle companies, and more. I mean, I could go on and on, but instead, I'm going to share short clips of everyone we've had on the show this past year. I've learned a lot. I've laughed a lot. I've said I love it a lot. And I've been known to shed a tear or two in these conversations. I'm so grateful for our guests and for you, dear listeners, for tuning into this show. Keep tuning in every Monday for more great guests. But until then, let's celebrate the wonderful humans we've featured here on the Being Home with Hunker podcast. Serena Dugan, textile designer and co-founder of Serena and Lily.
1: I think that at the end of the day, what matters is there's something touched by a human in there. It's unrealistic to think that nothing in your home can be factory made. But the more objects, whether it is a blanket or artwork or something hand printed or hand carved or handmade, the more of those handmade objects you have, the better your space will feel. I'm convinced.
5: Because of the energy, like you feel, mm-hmm. as you said, like the story that that's behind items.
1: Yeah. I really actually, not to go too far out there, but I really do believe that our objects have a resonance and our homes are our power centers. If you align with and feel a connection to the items that are in there, it animates them. It brings them to life and it brings a hum to your space. If there's a connection to inanimate objects.
5: DeBito, interior designer.
6: Growing up, I never had my own room. And so when I tell people I never had my own room, I shared my room with my mom and my dad and my sister up until my senior year in high school.
5: I had read that you grew up in a three-bedroom home with three generations.
6: Yes, um, nine people. It was like my aunt, my grandpa, my grandma, two uncles, and then my mom, my sister and my dad and I wow and so it was a lot that's just how a lot of immigrants you know first generations who come here they have a home and you're just like packed into like sardines you know and so we're on top of each other I didn't have my own space mm. and so I remember in high school an Ikea catalog popped into the mail and I was like what is this thick book yeah. um, and I started flipping through it and I was just like mesmerized oh
5: my god like wow (laughs) look
6: at these beautiful spaces you know and so I remember just flipping through the pages and just like being mesmerized by how beautiful these spaces were and I was flipping through it every day Mm. just dreaming about one day having my own space yeah because growing up I was bullied a lot you know every single day I was called you know terrible names and so I didn't have a place to like go to like cry or just be myself and so I just needed a safe space for me to be me or just express myself and I didn't have that and so I was just like craving to carve out a space of my own and I would just daydream about you know looking through my spaces pretending I'm in those like rooms it was really like my decor bible, and I had no idea. I didn't think about even being an interior design; that wasn't even in my vocabulary. Yeah, I was attracted to these spaces, and I wanted my own space. I like couldn't wait to like grow up and decorate my own home and just have my own space. Leanne
5: Ford, interior designer and TV star.
7: I mean, I love a collage. I love a mood board. I save anything at any time that's just like, I feel drawn to in any way, you know? Sometimes it's inexplicable and sometimes it's like, oh, I'm going to use this because I like how they laid out the furniture, you know? Yeah. And I just always take in, because there's times in your life as a creative soul, sometimes you're like, have so much to give out. You're like, I have so much to write down. I have so much to say. I have so many ideas. I have so much to create and sometimes you're just kind of inputting you know it's like yeah. input output right and so whenever it's kind of input i just read all my magazines i rip all my tear sheets i do a ton, like, ton of pinterest you know yeah and pull it in and i just kind of save it for a rainy day it's really interesting because when the first meeting with crate they're like okay how long do you need and i was like i'm ready i've designed this line four years ago you know like wow i knew exactly what i wanted it yeah to look like and it's so much about Um, curation and it's so much about the edit and how things live together. Like for instance, for Crate, I always do really beautiful lines, like modern interesting lines in really traditional materials. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So as the saying goes, there's nothing new under the sun. Like, you know, there's a chair, there's a table, there's a dresser. And it's how do you infuse new life into this? We're not reinventing the wheel necessarily. Like Mm. I'm not going to even you know, pretend like that's what's happening, but it's evolutions of pieces you've seen. Or for me, a lot of my stuff is mistakes. So like, I thought I saw something yeah. and I didn't and yeah. like, Oh, but cool. Yeah. So I write that. down. So in that way I do that. And then, so like on my website on Liam4.com, I create these mood boards and give all that
5: inspiration away. Dana Isom Johnson, Etsy's trend expert.
8: A lot of people can sometimes get very nervous when you challenge them to be creative. I've had so many people over my Etsy lifetime or have seen me on TV and say, ah, I don't have a creative bone in my body. I don't believe you. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) It's not true. Because, Lori, if you think back to it, all of us as children are creative, you all made something. I don't know if it was a picture, a popsicle house, a daisy, a dandelion necklace, whatever it was, you were playing, you had an imagination, and you were creative. What happens is we we grow up and we try to be too cool for school and you, you drop that and then all of a sudden you think, I'm not creative. Yes, you are. Dig back, dig back into your seven-year-old self and ask yourself, what made you happy when you were a kid, what you made? And then you can spark that creativity again. And then you can bring it into your adulthood. Like, you know, with creating these spaces in your home that, like you said, don't need to be designated rooms. Yeah. You can just use a little slice of a corner.
5: Nina Freudenberger, interior designer and author of Surf Shack and BiblioStyle.
9: It is the most boring answer to say you find inspiration in travel, right? I would say every person that does an interview is probably like, oh, please don't answer that. (laughs) But, you know, I think it's just being open-minded. Like, go figure out your own city. Even a backyard could be inspirational. I don't even care. But just, like, get up, walk around, see what's out there, taste something new, talk to someone different. Like, look around in certain places Sit on a park bench and watch what people are wearing. Whatever you do, I think you can find it in other ways that are not direct links to your profession. If you're looking for interior design, is it the best thing to only look at other interior designers' work? Probably not. I hope that we all look in other things. I hope we go to the art museum, or I hope that we listen to good music, or I hope we go out for a nice dinner and feel inspired by the conversation we had at dinner. I think that that's just as important as picking up those direct influences and so i know that the answer of travel is super boring but i think that you can do that every day if you want it.
5: Christina Hollinger, feng shui expert. This is just
7: called the Red Arrow Cure. You really can't mess it up. It is as simple as it sounds. You get nine quarters or nine silver dollars as long as it's just the same coin. So nine quarters is probably the most common. And then you place them in the shape of an arrow going into your home near your front door. It's not on the outside of your door. It's actually on the inside of your door. And you would put a mat over that and just seal your intention. And I just I've shared this with, it's a very common feng shui cure that I share, but I feel like it's a really impactful one and you just leave it there. And I've just gotten so many stories about people being like, wow, I got more of a bonus than I expected this year, like within days of doing this, or just like these really fun stories about people getting job interviews for jobs that they had been waiting to hear back for months. And then once they did the red arrow cure, they finally got the call back.
5: Shivani de Gardner, design blogger.
2: You know, when you live in a world where you don't see yourself, you feel like you can't be what you want to be. There's really a lot of power in that. In order to feel like you can be something, it's important for you to be able to see that. And I wasn't seeing any images of black gay mothers, families, love Number one, portrayed in this very beautiful and positive way, which is the life that I live. And also this layer of like Black people live in homes as well. We have interests in design as well. And our perspective is very different for very many, many different reasons. The importance of seeing images of people like me and my family It's massively important. I still to this day get people messaging me saying, you know, before I started following you, I had no idea that this was possible. I had no idea that I could see someone who is Black in a healthy, loving relationship with a partner, with children, with a home who are happy and thriving, those messages mean so much to me and they really are a lot of the fuel which drives me to continue to show up every day as myself and to just share that.
5: Rachel Moriarty, interior designer.
2: This is the thing, the more
10: fun I have, the better it gets, the better my clients get, the better my projects get. It's funny. I think people can sniff out whether you're like really have a joy for what you're doing. And you know, I don't just say I'm passionate about design. You see it. Mm -hmm. You see me at the end of a project, go in with my photographer and I I kind of embody the project. I go in and embody it and hop into that scene, really, you know? And so I'm actually still working with my photographer that I worked with in 1995 in print and fashion. You know, it's so fun because we've had this long relationship and uh, we just have a blast.
5: Oh, that's so neat. Jill Winterstein, Spirit Daughter.
11: First thing in the morning, it's really about setting your vibration for the day so that when you go about your world, you're attracting all the things that you need that will help you manifest your intentions, that will bring you the lessons, will bring you the serendipity, will bring you the signs. You're tuned into your intuition. I love to start out my morning with gratitude, and I find that even just a short gratitude practice changes the entire day, changes the entire feel of the day. It changes everything. And you can do a gratitude practice any time during the day, of course. You can do it at noon. You can do it at night. But there's something magical about doing it first thing in the morning because it's like putting on makeup, right? It's like your spiritual makeup. You look in the mirror. and You're like, okay, I want to look this way today, right? And when you do these morning practices, I, I want to feel this way. I want to emit this energy. This is how I'm setting my frequency for the day, And that can change and shift your entire day and and make it magical, in my opinion. Cliff
12: Fong, interior designer. I do think kind of designing or defining how one lives is an incredible opportunity to communicate something about yourself or communicate something to yourself about yourself. Mm. I'm not exactly sure what the perception is. My guess is from what people tell me, and this is why they say never to believe your own publicity, is that I think people have... A more grandiose idea about who I am, how I live, what I do, than is actually true or that actually feels true to me. Mm-hmm. I do feel lucky. I, life is pretty interesting, and I didn't think it would be as interesting as it is. I didn't think that I would have had the access to a lot of really kind of wonderful and stimulating things in my life that I have. And in some ways, I think what's in my house is reflective of some of that access or experiences or exposure to things. Mm. I think it's as kind of exemplary of being odd and eccentric and also maybe hopefully unique and intriguing. I don't, I don't know, yeah. but, but I think it is probably reflective of all those things that have brought me to this moment.
5: Sarah Sherman Samuel, interior designer. art. Our- to me is like
8: the place where I can calm my brain, make something with my hands. It really, stepping away from the computer is really important to not get decision fatigue, basically. Mm -hmm. It's just like a palate cleanser for the brain and a refresher. And it really balances off all the, the other side of my brain, the design side of the brain, where I have to look at everything a thousand different ways. And designing homes is my favorite type of puzzle to do. But it does, you know, when you're a designer and there's so many aspects, it's like the tile and then, and it's a dance too. And, you know, so many moving pieces. And if you change one thing, well, then it might change 10 other things. And, and then it's also very mathematical and methodical. And so it's kind of the, the balance to that.
5: Nikki Vascona's Pet Psychic.
13: The first step that I tell everyone is they already understand us. We just have to figure out how to understand them. So just having that awareness changes everything. The way that we can physically better communicate with our pets is they hear the words that we speak, but they also see the mental images in our mind. So an example, if someone doesn't want their dog to jump up on the couch, you don't want to say, don't jump on the couch because when we say don't jump on the couch, as I'm saying that, and you right now are probably thinking of a dog jumping on the couch. Mm-hmm. So they hear the words, they see the mental image nine times out of 10, they're going to go with the mental image. So instead you want to say, keep your paws on the ground or something. You want to say what you want them to do because then you're, you're thinking about that mm. and that they see what you're thinking. They do that. Yeah, so i'm always telling people make sure the words out of your mouth are matching the image in your mind And this worked phenomenally with my one dog again, donald He still is kind of a flight risk <laughs> like he just likes to take off and yeah. i'm like donald stop come here Like no, and then I got more into this and I started realizing wait a minute I'm saying don't run away, but i'm thinking he's gonna do it. I'm picturing him doing it So I started saying stay by my leg by my foot with me and now there's still times where he does, but not nearly like he used to.
5: Gladys Tay, vintage art stealer.
13: I think a lot of it is instinctual, intuitive,
14: but I think everybody could do this. Mm. I think design is really within you. It's really about being yourself and understanding who you really are. The more you do it, the better you'll get. And be okay with making mistakes because when you do it you're experiencing it it's really part of the creative process and when we are living it and we are experimenting and we're experiencing it that's when you get to know yourself really really well and that's when you consciously will be able to create your own personal style
5: Laurie Gottlieb, therapist and bestselling author of Maybe You Should Talk to Someone.
3: I think that people have realized how important the space is of their homes because they were spending so much time in them. But I think what they also realized was they rediscovered the joy of being home. So a lot of people we heard during the pandemic, of course, we were going crazy because we need to get out and we need social connection and we need all of those things that make us human. But at the same time, people were saying, you know what? I actually like being able to work from home sometimes, um, or I like to have a space here where I have the flexibility of kind of going back and forth between things. Or even if I would rather work outside of the home, I really like coming into a space that makes me happy, that it matters the environment in which I am spending my time with my family or with whomever, roommates, by yourself, whatever it is. And so, a lot of people, you'll notice, either were trying to buy new homes because they realized, "Wait, I, I want something else. Um, I really like the time that I spend here, and I want to make sure that I'm spending it in a place that brings me joy." Or they were just saying, "I have I've really neglected the space that I'm in." So people started, you know, redecorating and doing lots of things to their homes that made them feel more comfortable.
5: Christopher Griffin, Plant Queen.
15: I've always enjoyed the idea of learning. So, a lot of my work has always been, you know, taking information and rearranging it to make it accessible, approachable, fun, interesting, and then passing it on to folks to decide what they want to do with it, right? Um, so, I think that's kind of what happens with Plant Queen, where You know, I'm just I'm honestly just learning every day and uh, diving into, you know, all the intricacies, you know, our plant being well for me all the way to my plant being like a reflection of how I care for myself. Right. So them being a mirror to the ways that I need to be intentional and caring for myself and be just as curious about learning about myself and the things that I need to thrive just as much as I'm investigating all the things that they need to get to where their optimal majestic self, yeah. I need to do that for me too.
5: Jennifer Pasteloff, best author of On Being Human.
16: For almost 20 years, I've been in the same apartment, small but fine, one bedroom. And so for the last five years, my husband my son and I all sharing a bed and the pandemic, you know, was brutal because 550, whatever, 600 square feet, and all three of us. And my son was four and God help us all. So Jen, our mutual friend, they were going to Tahoe. Yeah, maybe Mm -hmm. she said, you know, do you want a house it? And I was like, yes, I cried. I was like, this is like a vacation and her house is just delicious. And we went and it was, um, it was one year ago today, you know, and it was so great because I felt I got really clear. Oh, I want this for myself. I mean, look, that house is magic. Her, I have a friend who her you might know her and she goes, I love her kitchen. I want to make love to her kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, you know, point being, though, I was like in that house and it did feel like a vacation and it was a week and I really allowed myself to feel I get to have this. And maybe not necessarily this house or a house this big or even in L.A., but I get to have this. And I got really clear. I don't know how, but I don't have to keep myself so small in uh, this sort of scarcity mentality that I've been in for a long time. And I'll say that sitting here now, a year later, I own a house. I bought a house in Ojai. And it's incredible to think about a year ago being at her house and, and just like dreaming and feeling like, you know, even in the very first days of being there, like, I, I'll never have this. I'll never be able to have this. And so I, I'm grateful for that house sitting experience because it really planted the seed and gave me permission to dream.
5: Medina Grillo, interiors and DIY
17: blogger. Living in a rented property is not just a house that belongs to someone else it becomes your home it becomes somewhere that you and your family kind of create the safe space for yourself i mean in the last two years just because of covid for example well in england specifically a lot of us found ourselves and we had quite a few lockdowns what you would probably call quarantines but we were at home all the time every day all the time looking at four walls so for me Having a home that just didn't reflect me at all would have been much more detrimental to my mental health and my family's, as opposed to me spending money to make it feel more like me myself. And I do know that I've been in situations where you know you've decorated a house and then your landlord is like, Okay, I'm selling the house, or you know, you have to move, I've got to move back. These things do happen, and that's what I think puts a lot of renters' backs up. But I think when you're in a property where you have a good relationship with your landlord, it's a long term property, I don't see why you should shouldn't invest in it um we invest in so many things in our life like good holidays good clothing and these are things that aren't physically ours all the time i think even homeowners you know they decorate their homes but they're not always thinking about the resale value they're thinking about what it looks like for them and how it makes them feel so i think yeah it's a difficult one i understand why people are negative about it but it does get my back up a little bit because I think we shouldn't be so worried about how other people are spending their money. And again, this is what works for me and my family. At the end of the day, I am creating a home that my family can cherish. And it's important to me that my children feel like they have a home, but they can feel safe in. It reflects their personality and mine as well. And that's just something that is important to me as a mother.
5: Elise Lunin, host of Pulling the Thread Podcast.
4: That's what I think is so interesting about like interior design too and architecture in general is that like we get so fussy about it in a way. And I understand, but at the same time, it's like if you're not gonna live with these things, like what's the point of owning them? And things can be repaired, things can be recovered, things sometimes just get so much better with age and Like, that's the point. Like, you're supposed to sort of look at those things and be like, oh, remember when, you know, they have stories.
3: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car
8: buying should be.
18: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
5: Hilton Carter, plant stylist.
19: It's all about understanding the needs of the living thing that you're bringing into your home, right? So giving yourself the opportunity to succeed is always the best way to go about doing anything. So if you're someone thinking about bringing a plant into your home that you're excited about, if you push it into a spot where it's not going to get the proper light, what you saw that got you so jazzed and excited when you first purchased it at that plant shop, that nursery, that hardware store, that particular look, the day you purchased it, is going to change severely and you're going to be upset, sad. That's not a great way to start that relationship off of that plant. So you want to make sure that you're finding the spot in your home that has a particular type of light. And based on that sort of light, then you bring in a plant that can either tolerate it or can really thrive in that type of light.
5: Jen Roban, professional home organizer and founder of Life in General.
20: I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about this coming year of being vulnerable and opening up more than I ever have, even with my own personal life. But that foundation of going back to why and why it's so important to get organized. And, you know, it's not just about organizing someone's closet and having a beautiful pantry that functions too. It's Asking the more meaningful questions of what do you really want and are you happy and what does happiness in your home mean to you in the bigger ways. And so that has been really fun to see the answers, to see the clients, to see the vulnerability from them, the sharing of the stories. I mean, those most intimate moments of someone's life, they're allowing us in. And it's a privilege and an honor for me every single day and for my team every single day of doing what we do.
5: Very Gay Paints, Nick and Jensen, muralists.
0: My personality comes through in what we do.
5: Mm, okay.
0: Nick's personality is our home. (laughs) <laughs> so it's but it's part of that is a response to
19: the fact that Jensen has us on this whirlwind of adventure all the time. And when I come home, I do want to have some sort of quiet and some sort of like yeah. serenity and stillness. And like, I don't love for every wacky bit of our personality to be everywhere in the home because we're going to fill the space with our wackiness no matter what the space is.
17: Mm-hmm. And so to
19: have a home that feels like a little slice of peace. Is wonderful because I know that that container will get filled with chaos. And to have that container be very tidy for me and to have like sort of clean lines. It's so cozy. Feels very good.
21: Anita Yakota, interior designer. When I was a therapist and doing home visits, so as a social worker, just being in the trenches, I would have to do home visits. And one of the things that we were taught was to do like environment observations. So the first thing you would do is see how people lived and that would inform you about their emotional climate. Yeah. So we would kind of just see just even how they organized their front entry, how they organized their shoes and where they put their jackets. And if you immediately stepped into chaos, Mm -hmm. you kind of knew their emotional climate Or if their home was overly sterile, right? If they were too closed up emotionally, that taught you something else about their family dynamics. So even as a therapist, I was able to use home design and how people lived in their home as a way to inform myself and teach them about how they lived in their home as a tool, home therapy tool, as I always talk about on Instagram and on my blog, and teach people how to use furniture and flow and paint colors as home therapy tools to improve self-awareness and self-care and increase your positive communication and all that. Ah, so love it. yeah, it was kind of just initially just experience and then I just built upon it. And then clients would come in and just talk about feeling stressed out, about you know yelling at their kids all the time about cleaning up. And I found myself helping them with home organization first and then talking about their relationships. But a lot of times you have to start with concrete things, right? Yes. And so I felt like I was a home organizer at some points, before I was delving into deeper relationship issues. Simone
5: Gordon, the Black Fairy Godmother.
22: We all know that home is where the heart is and home is our safety net, right? Mm-hmm. But many people that we work with, or many people that we run into in churches or supermarkets, unfortunately, they do not have a home. So with our foundation, we are actually spreading the awareness to let people know exactly what's going on in America. And these are actual taxpaying people who are just going through a rough time. We take things for granted, a refrigerator. Most families don't have a refrigerator. They warm up their food using either an iron or a microwave, or most people would use a jar and put ice in it to cool off their baby's bottle. And it's not that it's their fault. It's just the way the society is built currently. So what I do is I help people who write to us or who fill out an application and say, can you help me? I'm in need. We have families who are sleeping in cars. So they reached out to us. And what we do is we just don't throw money at them or we just don't throw a piece of furniture at them. We help them get stabilized. Yes, we fundraise the funding. We put them in a temporary hotel. But in order for them to continue to be on the right path, we want to make sure that that they will be okay going forward. So if it takes for us to put someone in a technical school or a community college so that they can take care of their family, so be it. If it takes for us to have relationships with realtors across the U.S. to make sure there may be an opening where they can work with the family budget, so be it. And that's what we do here at The Foundation.
5: Eve Epstein, GM of
23: Hunker.com. You know, I have to credit my boyfriend. I heard him say this at one point during kind of in the midst of, of the kind of pandemic days when we were really stuck at home quite a lot. And he said, you know, your home used to be your castle and now it's your whole kingdom. And it really does feel like that in the sense that we've had to convert these spaces that we think of as being very sort of unifunctional, right? Your bedroom is your bedroom and your Dining room is where you eat. Well, now my bedroom is where I work. Our dining room is where my boyfriend works, and of course, all sorts of other things came into play as well. From you know, our homes becoming schoolhouses to being places where we exercise and take care of ourselves physically and our wellness spaces. So, I mean, in a weird way, I think that's what they always should have been. And of course, it shouldn't take a pandemic and a horrible situation to drive us uh, to that realization. But one of the silver linings of it, I think. Is that we've gotten a lot smarter and resourceful about our spaces. And that's something I really love thinking about and talking about on Hunker. I think it's really expanded our sense of what we talk about, going from straight conversations about design to things like food and comfort and wellness and health, because all of those things now are a part of our home life in a new way.
5: Sam Dumas and Lyle Malt, Leeway Home Founders.
24: In all ventures, no matter if you're starting a business or starting a family, there has to be a certain level of trust, right? That's sort of the common denominator in a relationship, and the same thing applies to a business. For us, we trust each other more than we trust anyone else. And so when we started the business and really left behind what was a very comfortable life in a lot of ways, we were sort of on the track. Making that decision to step left of the track and sort of hold hands, so to speak, and move forward takes a lot of trust. It takes a lot of guts. And in the middle of it it takes a lot of perseverance. And not to sound corny, but when you look to your right at your left and next to you is your business partner who you trust, who's also your husband, it's not just a smoother path forward, but it's a lot more comforting. I mean, what we're doing is scary. It's daunting. it's, It's all of those things. But being able to look at Lyle in those moments of stress or pressure and realize that it can be an unspoken trust. It's an unspoken, unwavering commitment to each other and to what we're doing. And I've found personally that that alone has been one of the most invaluable pieces of the puzzle here. The fact that it is unspoken, that commitment to the business is unwavering together.
1: Ariel K. Parachute Founder. Well, we talk a lot about how the idea of health and wellness has evolved over time. You know, it was fitness and then it's healthy eating. And then now it's so much about, you know, with skincare and the things that you're putting on your body. And now with sleep, you know, I think we've started to evolve and look more holistically around, you know, what wellness means. And there's this health and home that I think is a newer concept, but it's something that we talk about internally a lot, just in terms of you know, the opportunity and why the home is such an incredible place to be and to build a brand because I think to your point, people more and more are realizing that, you know, sleep impacts your health, your happiness, your productivity. It might be the most important thing to longevity and to just, you know, taking care of yourself and have the biggest impact. Patricia Sprouse, DIY expert.
25: Something that I've started to do over the last couple of years that's really helped me is mood board or mock up things, especially if it's going to be like a bigger project, because that one really helps you clarify your vision for something, which can save you a lot of headaches um, or ma- making yeah. costly mistakes. And Two, it, it also helps you kind of figure out the steps before you even get started. For example, I did a IKEA hack recently um, where I turned like an IKEA calic shelf into a Brutalist inspired sideboard. Ooh. And um, before even getting started, I like researched it. You know, I, I knew exactly how I wanted it to look, what the stain color was going to look like, what the pattern was going to be before I even got started so that just made it that much of a more simple process to go out and buy the supplies that I knew I needed, which steps I needed to take to assemble it and then get to the final vision. Yeah. You know, without having to test, you know, was this the right stain? Was this the right pattern? Because like gluing things on and then realizing after the fact, like, oh, I I don't like that, you know? Yes. can can be
26: expensive.
5: (laughs) Natalie Miles, Psychic Medium and Channeler
26: they get really detailed and really specific. And when I am doing the readings, I can tune into, it always blows people's mind where I'm like, oh yeah, you know that room that's like, you go up the stairs and you turn right and it's got X and Y in it. And they're like, how do you know that? I'm like, I don't know, they're showing me because then they show me the energy of people in people's houses that need to be cleared. So it's like, some people have like really creepy basements um, and not everyone has a basement, but they they show me sometimes some people who do have something in basements that needs to be moved on, or even plants speaking and yeah. saying, "I don't like it here. I don't like you." Or you've just moved a plant, haven't you? And they're like, "What do you mean? How do you know that?" I'm like, "Well, you moved this plant," and they're really unhappy that you moved them, and you need to move them back. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and they give me detailed specifics around you know, decor in houses or, you know, saying, oh, do you know that you've always wanted to put that artwork on the wall and you haven't done it? Like, why haven't you done it yet? Yeah. Or like, you need to move this piece of artwork here. And they get really detailed and specific on people's houses because our houses are a mirror of our own energy and have that sanctuary energy that we need to honor so it's always really fascinating what comes through on a, a design element or where people should put certain furniture they share stuff about people's kitchens yeah it's wild
5: Trinity Mousin Wolford founder of Gold Superfoods
26: The
27: period of deciding that we were going to launch gold and it was going to be this product to the day that we launched it was about a year. And then from there, we had a very small launch. You know, we weren't this suddenly overnight success that I think sometimes we get pointed out as being. So in the first year or two, we had time and space to experiment and understand and tweak the packaging and tweak, you know, whatever it was you know sometimes i end up in conversations with entrepreneurs who are very focused on having this like big launch moment and having all eyes on them from like day 0 i think that that can be good but i think there is benefit to having space for play and and not feeling like all that pressure is on you at once and knowing that like those first like 100 or so customers that discover you and try your stuff out First of all, like at least 15 of them know you personally. And then, you know, they're forgiving. They're excited to support a small business in the earliest stage. They don't expect you to be walking and talking like a multi-million dollar brand. I'm very appreciative of the time that we had to kind of iterate.
5: Voila, color therapist.
13: When I'm looking at a color chart, you, we're all born in a cer- with a cer- certain color frequency that holds our light aspect and our shadow aspect of our essence mm. of who we are. Mm. And then we're also, the month we were born represents the challenges we came here to develop this personality that we came here with. Okay. And this soul that we came here with, why did it come? It came to be challenged with... Like I told you with mine, it's about leadership and taking control of my life and having strong boundaries. So when you have this, it's really important to, to also love your challenge color, to make peace with the challenge color.
5: Nicole Gibbons, Claire Paint founder.
14: I think the pandemic has changed people's relationships with their home, especially if you think about kind of like the younger home dweller who probably has a busy life and was out at brunch every weekend and doing all these fun, exciting things in their life and sort of neglected home. And once we're forced to be spending all of this time at home, whether we like it or not, I think people really realize the importance that home has in their daily life and for their mental health and just overall well-being. You know, I've always believed that if you have a beautiful, well-functioning home, that makes you feel good when you walk through the door it can enhance your life in ways that are beyond measure. And I think people realize that. They realize the need to have a space that makes them feel good and that looks good and reflects who they are. And, you know, a lot of that, I think, for many people is new, you know? I think there's probably a more seasoned homeowner who's, you know, really invested in their home and all of that. But I think home is now serving so many purposes. It's home, it's work, it's school. It's literally the foundation of Everything in our daily lives now. And so, hmm. you know, that creates a need for newness, whether that's a freshened up home office space or you know, just a better outdoor space to enjoy when you want to get outside of your home and turn your yard into an oasis. It's really created just this need for people to rethink how they use their homes. And then it's created this desire for people to want to have homes that are beautiful. You Mm -hmm. know, as a designer, I've always appreciated that, but (laughs) um, I think it took a pandemic for a lot of folks to really realize like, oh, wow, this space is way more important and plays such an important role in my life.
28: Alex Keola, the high priestess of Brooklyn. I think meditation is very important. So if you can start the day with gratitude, if you can start the day with a walk or, you know, something in your immediate environment that really grounds you and sets you, yeah. that is so, so helpful. No matter what your astrology, no matter what, you know, today I took a bath, that helped me ground because again, I have a Scorpio moon. So I do think understanding your moon sign could be really helpful for you to understand this is actually what helps me to soothe. And this is what helps me to ground. That aside, creating a space that you feel really reflects you and is something that you love to see and you love to look at and is harmonious is so important. And I think we get more done that way. I think we feel more productive that way when we can look out and see things that we really enjoy. Mm -hmm. For those who are living with a partner, especially in a smaller enclosed space, if you could get help mm-hmm. to help clean your space or help to organize your space so that it's not a burden on either one of you. I highly recommend it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think getting, you know, organized and having a clearer, cleaner space is just helpful for everybody. And so that it doesn't like live on one person's burden or shoulders. Right. That could be nice. But if that's not available to you, then coming up with some sort of contracts between you. Stephanie
29: Horton,
5: Botanical Black Girl.
29: For me, I, I realized that I like specific genuses mm-hmm. and a genus is a, a larger family that you know some plants are under right. you know, We can get into the scientific classification, but I try not to do that too much okay um, but you know I like philodendrons mm, yes philodendrons, there's so many different species under that umbrella where generally they all kind of have the same care. okay. But you know, they have different looks. You've got upright philodendrons, you've got trailing ones, you've got ones that are shorter or long leaves or you know, broad leaves or some that get huge. So you can get um, a collection started that looks very different, but have similar care needs. That way you're not having to water every other week on one plant and you know, every week on this plant. Right. Because that's kind of what bogs us down and makes us feel like, oh, this is too much.
5: Kimo Kipano, Hawaiian High Seer.
0: The very first thing that I prescribe to everyone is change. It's time for change. Because Mm. I think that a lot of us will get so used to a specific aesthetic, and it's been like that for 15 years, and a lot of us feel like we can't move on from that simply because it costs a lot of money. Right. right? But if we can remove ourselves from the energetics of money, What you're really desiring is change. So we have to step into the idea of change first. I find that once someone steps into the idea of change, anything that you do is easy because they removed themselves from that old energetic cord of, but this is what it was like. So for example, if I'm working with a client who was recently divorced or moved into a new home, I always prescribe, okay, so we're going to find a color of paint that resonates with you. It cannot be a color that you used to have in your old home. If it was white, we're going to do a different shade of white because we need to literally move your energetic system and replace it with something else. Even if you're, you're in the same home and you've just gotten divorced, right? We're, we're going to change the energy up. I'm going to move the furniture. When I'm gonna get rid of these pillows, I'm gonna put them in a different room. I'm gonna bring in new pillows, new qualities, new textures. And what's really important that people don't think about is a new smell. Oh. Because our smells are activating so much of our senses. Smells also activate taste. You know, when I finish a new room or a new home, every single room will have a very specific smell. So, a new candle in every single room. And that way, when we walk in there and we smell something new, our senses are already ignited to say, this is different. I'm not accustomed to this. This feels like it's something new.
5: Alexandra Dorda, Casimas Rum Founder.
16: I do have a dynamic and and complicated relationship (laughs) with the, the concept of home. I think because I come from three cultures that are so different from each other, I've never actually felt completely at home in one place. So when I was, you know, going to elementary school in Los Angeles, there were things about it that I loved, but I also knew I didn't feel totally at home there. Mm -hmm. And then when I go to Poland, I'm the American girl, or perhaps the Filipino girl. But then when I'm in the United States, I'm the Polish girl or the Filipino girl. And it's a double-edged sword for sure, because I don't have that one place that I think is mine. But also, as an upside, I really think of the whole world as my oyster. And to me, I could live almost anywhere. You can plop me down in most places and I'll feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah
30: I, I don't have one place that really feels mine. Kate McKinnon,
5: feng shui expert.
30: Even though we're thinking about it in terms of how things are arranged, there's the inner feng shui. And so the feng shui goes so much deeper than people realize, which is gets into the work that I do, which is that Our choices are reflected in our environment. So, what's going on internally gets reflected in our environment. And Carl Jung said this about our homes are a symbolic mirror of our internal emotions and unconscious wishes, right? So, there's this underlying aspect. So, if you think about it from an energy perspective, it's like, whatever's going on here determines what I'm choosing out there. If things are out of balance in your external environment, if you adjust it to balance your external environment, you get adjusted internally. We have tools that we use, you know, it's called a bagua compass to overlay people's space. And so we follow certain principles and guidelines. And then based on what people are telling me and what the floor plan is, and there's all this level of information by aligning the energy in their external environment, they become aligned and ultimately they become aligned with who they really are. Mm.
5: Amy Galper, aromatherapist.
31: For relaxation and sleep, we want to kind of do both the body and the mind, Mm. you know, and sometimes when we, for many of us, like there's a lot of different issues going around when we're trying to have good sleep, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. One is just trying to fall asleep. And sometimes that's a combination of our body just being so tense. We're having trouble just physically relaxing and letting go. And then the other part is like our mind, like a lot of people just have a lot of trouble just turning our mind off, you know, and vice versa. Sometimes people are easily, quieted in their mind, but their body is so tense, they can't get comfortable to really rest. Mm, mm -hmm. So that's happening. Yeah, And then also, not only do we want to fall asleep, but we want to stay asleep. Right. We want to have uninterrupted sleep. Yeah. So essential oils can be really supportive for this and some great oils to help relax the body and the mind and to help us stay asleep are oils like marjoram, which is like the Mm. common herb that we cook with. Yeah. Coriander seed essential oil, bergamot essential oil, okay. clary sage essential oil, frankincense essential oil, chamomile essential oil, yeah. geranium essential oil, lavender essential oil. So it doesn't always have to be lavender. Yeah. And what I find is actually mixing a few of those different essential oils together, mm-hmm. make it even more potent, powerful mix. Yes. Jill Wilson,
10: Robin Games founder. I always say if you walk into a restaurant Mm -hmm. full of women in particular and you say how many people in here are gamers, maybe one raises their hand. Then you say how many people in here have at least two games downloaded on their phone. Ninety percent of the people raise their hands. Yeah. You know, so there's been this stigma attached to gaming that doesn't feel like part of a lot of people's personal brand or their identity or kind of who they think that they are, which makes a lot of sense because of some of the themes and wrappers of a lot of games and the way it's been marketed in the past. Right. And that's one of the things that we've hoped to accomplish with the company and with this game is showing people you no, know, it's just a fun way of expressing yourself, that can be a game too. Right. You know, using your creativity and entering these challenges, that's a game also. So we're trying to make who a gamer is a more inclusive definition to just include people who have phones in their pockets, who like using them to play around and be creative.
5: Kristen Pumphrey and Thomas Newberger, PF Candle Co founders.
4: I think the seed was born when I was living in New York and working in publishing, and it was 2008, so the recession hit. I lost my job, but what I had been writing about was the maker industry. It was really having a revitalization because Etsy had just launched. So part of my job was to connect with and write about these people who were makers, and they were making a living selling handmade goods. And I remember the moment that I got laid off, my boss said, what are you going to do now? And I said, I'm going to move to Austin and start a business. And I did. And that's where I met Tom. But essentially, it was very simple. I wasn't sitting here going, I want to get acquired or I want to scale this business like crazy. I just wanted to sell handmade goods and to make a living by doing that. And we just started growing. And it's been really scaling on demand. I mean, we didn't even advertise until 2017. So sort of Scaling on demand and responding to that.
5: Haley Wiedenbaum, Everham founder.
7: Even though I'm now in window treatment, interior design at my core has always been, you know, how I communicate, how I make myself happy and like on the weekends, I'm moving furniture around. Really? Like My husband's like, why are you doing that? I was like, I just think that the sofa in this room would just look better over here. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so I'm like one of those people who instead of going out and buying something new, just kind of move a piece of furniture to a different room or a different angle and kind of mix it up. I don't love the like, same floor plan. And I was actually doing that as a kid when I was Eight or nine, I was moving the furniture in my room one day. And my mom is like, What are you doing? I was like, I need something new.
5: Robin Zachary, Prop Stylist.
7: Styling
27: is all about a curation of sorts, right? And establishing some kind of world. (laughs) So I would say that Styling Your Home can be that ongoing curation project where, you know, it's a reflection of who you are Mm -hmm. and the things you love.
5: Yes. Mm -hmm. You know,
27: your collections from family, from trips and it shouldn't be static right so i think to have that mindset you know if we are doing you know a bookshelf or an entryway table just think of it as an ever changing kind of thing mm. because as you travel as you gather things you're you're always going to have new things come into your life i mean everybody i know just loves adores shopping and thrifting and adding to their collections so Think of it as it's not a place that somebody else designs and fills for you. You are going to be filling it and changing it. And it's got to be a reflection of who you are.
5: And Brig and Jane, HGTV host and interior designer.
11: We really realized how much our homes hold us. And I think that wasn't something people realized till they were stuck in it. You know, it became this place to sort of just drop your keys or something. Even my clients wanted just to look pretty. Right. But we didn't really take in before this moment, I think society as a whole, how much it affects our spirit and how much it really is the environment that is important to our well-being.
5: Thank you for listening to Being Home with Hunker. For more information on all our guests and for direct links to their episodes, visit our show notes for more information or simply find the episodes on any platform where you listen to the show. I'm your host, Lori Gunning Grossman. Before I go, I have just one question for you. What does being home mean to you? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday dear you. Wait. Here we go. Okay, hold on. Thank you for listening to Being Home with Hunker. For more information about this episode or others, visit hunker.com forward slash podcast. And if you don't already, please follow our show. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review and share it with your friends. It really does help. Being Home with Hunker is produced by me, Lori Gunning Grossman. Eve Epstein is our executive producer. The podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio. Theme music by Jonathan Grossman. Special thanks to our team at Hunker, Senior Designer Maury Men, and Director of Audience Development Gina Gough. Hunker's mission is to inspire and empower you to create a space that expresses who you are, shows off your unique style, and makes your life happier and more productive.